Magic Number, a podcast where we ask guests to discuss their three favourite things. I'm your host, Renfrey Deadman, and as always, joining me for this deep dive into the world of top three madness is Mr. Matt Hughes. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank Matt. you, Renfrey. How are you? Are you I'm doing okay. well? Because because you're you're coming out of of the covid aren't you coming out of covid times i yeah. uh, i can't remember if we discussed my covid on the last no. podcast or not i have come down with covid this week and it has not been the most fun time in the world having oh. said that i'm quite lucky because my symptoms haven't been too bad but yes i'm just coming out of the end of that so uh, apologies for me uh, overexerting myself i felt like i did that intro and that in uh, a little bit too ott because no, i was trying no, to make no. up for the fact it was no? ca- it like was it, it was calm it was it was smooth it was jazz you it was jazz equivalent of smooth. an intro to a podcast it was marvelous oh wicked thank yeah. you very much my friend how are you i'm doing well man i'm doing well i'm just um you know the weeks roll on and the sunshine is out now which is lovely and it's nice as it's spring you know Crikey. there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on you know society wise but you know we're in the podcast <laughs> we're going to talk about podcast stuff because that's what we're going to do we're going to bring the lightness and and entertainment to the to the masses apart yes. from that one person who gave us one out of five on apple i will find you and i will uh, talk to you gently in your ear and convince okay. you otherwise now- Steve on my other podcast I think that might be a record for me mentioning the other podcast that I do in terms of how quickly I've done it but (laughs) Steve Steve on my on the other podcast I do right act he sometimes does this where he he specifically goes if you if you were that person and then usually it escalates to a ridiculous level so I would suggest not doing that (laughs) but great um thank you for all the people who've reviewed the show including the one star person yeah thanks guys we do we actually need more reviews and things like that so if you would like to do so then please do feel free to do that uh but let's talk i want to talk about Mm. this week's episode and get into um this week please we are speaking to greg cochran who's broadcaster and journalist in the worlds of music and climate change he's combined those two passions for the sounds like a plan podcast that he co-hosts alongside musician and activist faye milton about how the music world is taking action in the climate crisis it's currently two seasons of that podcast to be discovered, listened to and enjoyed. He's also contributed to a wealth of publications over the years, including Loud and Quiet, Mag, the BBC and the NME. And he proved to be an absolutely fascinating guest. Matt, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. Please don't. When Greg... I never would. I'd never lie to you. When Greg submitted his pick, which he did very quickly and enthusiastically, if I recall, he was yeah. one of the quickest people to respond because... Quite a few of our guests ponder over it for a few days. Greg was just in there. I was a little concerned that I'd have very little to say on this particular episode, to be honest with you. Because Greg's choice is is in an area that I have little interest, I will be honest. But I was so surprised by how interesting and actually inspiring 
this choice turned out to be mm. because he has gone for his top three favourite football mascots. Football mascots. Who doesn't love a football mascot? I Nobody. mean, prior to this, I was completely neutral on the football mascot, I have to say. I was just completely like, I didn't have a positive opinion. I didn't have a negative opinion. But seeing, uh, just, I didn't realise that football mascots could be used in such a brilliant, positive way. I, like, genuinely, this is the episode that we have done where I have learned the most. That's what this, that's what this podcast is all about, Renfrey. Yeah. It's about education and entertainment. Double whammy, boom, together, smash. This chat with Greg, um, yeah, I mean, you were right. He he was Usain Bolt on the email reply. Um, he, he knew exactly what yeah, he wanted to so talk great. about. And I loved his choices. And in the podcast, we obviously go into quite a lot of de- detail and depth about those three, his three main choices. But we do also talk just a lot about other brilliant and terrible um, football mascots out there. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I support Manchester United and, you know, we have a, a very kind of classic uh, Red Devil mm-hmm. mascot and he's an incredibly important part of the club and, uh, you know, when I first started following the club as a kid, he was my connection, you know, beyond the football, my connection with the club before I had any kind of interest in the business or whatever. And I think that's such a really important way of getting in to having interest and feel like you have a real part and connection with the club. It seems quite silly, and some of these choices are obviously a little silly, but those early some years... Some of them really aren't, though. Some of them, no, some some of them, them are, are yeah, actually... Some of them are actually um, uh, delivering a message which I think is really important, and a message that is important to be delivered to a lot of people who would fit the football fan stereotype, if that... Yeah, yes. For sh- yeah, yeah, for sure. Although it's... You're totally right, and I know exactly which choice you're talking about. But even that is done in a very light-hearted, oh yeah, know, important message, light-hearted way. You know, it's never yeah, be, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not kind of a lecturing side of of the football um, no, no, world. No. But yeah, I mean, this chat. But that's this that's chat was that's great. that's how you do it. Through, mm. If you do lecture people, then they turn off, don't they? But I, I think yeah. I was really I, I I had never even considered that football mascots could be used in that way. I just hadn't I'd never really given it any thought, to be totally honest. But this really opened my mind to that, and I thought that was very very cool. Yeah, it was great. It was a lovely chat. Um, it could have gone on longer. Uh, yeah. And um. Yeah, it was it was a real pleasure having Greg on. Amazing. Okay, so without any further ado, I think we should get into this chat with Greg Cochran on his top three favourite football mascots. And I'm very pleased to say that we are joined down the Zoom line now by Greg Cochran. How are you doing today, Greg? I'm good, thanks, Renfrey. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah. I'm operating on very little sleep, but uh, uh-huh. owing, not owing to the fact that I've been to a festival or something like that, but because I've got a small child. But um, uh, I'm good. A new, I'm good. I'm feeling all right. Uh, a new development in your life? Yeah, new, newish. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's new. It's new. Sun- Sonny was Q Q four twenty twenty. So he's that, um, that packed he's schedule. A, that packed Q four yeah, schedule. In the run up to Christmas, that busy schedule up to yeah. Christmas. Um, yeah, but he's. Um, He's not very well at the moment, so okay. he's, a, he's a bit of a sad baby. So okay. um, yeah, just lots of uh, sleep deprivation. But otherwise, I am feeling good. 
Excellent. All right. Well, we are here to discuss a bit of a lighter topic than you've been used to in the last couple of weeks. It's been <laughs> quite a bad one for you, as uh, you were telling us just before we started mm. pressing record on this. But we are about to talk about your top three favourite football mascots. Yeah. What made you decide to go along with this one for your top three list? Well, I thought long and hard about this and um, my, my, yeah, my life has been quite serious of late. When I was thinking about like when, when, when you guys very kindly asked me to come and join you on the podcast and I was thinking about top threes and I was like, what, what are my top threes at the moment? What are the things I'm interested in? Like, oh, climate change newsletters. I, was like, I don't think that's going to be a lot of fun <laughs> for your listeners. Or uh, top three episodes of the children's cartoon bluey no oh. no don't think, don't think, <laughs> think that's gonna no, be no, an no. exception Th this is that is that we should have done that we should have done that <laughs> number okay, one Can number one grannies number one grannies right <laughs> <laughs> sorry this is very niche but yes i like the beach the beach is my the favorite beaches, the beach is very beautiful yeah and i i just figured i was watching uh, i was watching arsenal on the tv my wife's a big arsenal supporter Yikes. and um, a couple of years ago we got to go and watch them in real life i don't get to go and watch a lot of like top flight football in real life but um my favorite arsenal um not player but like associated thing was gunnosaurus <laughs> i got to watch each week <laughs> and that's the um the arsenal mascot because it's very characterful and um i was watching a game of football and i thought i like football mascots they're like endlessly funny to me mm. and um and, and and it feels like there are so many i i like I almost like the quirks of sport, um, particularly football, more than the actual football sometimes. Mm. Is that because you're get. a fan of Newcastle football? Yes, club. yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So, so there's very little joy yeah. when it comes to... Um, you need the distraction. The, <laughs> yes, 100%. So I chose... Um, so I support two football teams. One is Newcastle United, who are kind of endless uh, underachievers. I yeah. mean, just sort of mid, yeah. middle achievers, yeah. Um, and also Hereford FC, who are... Uh, a non-league club but sort of did have some sort of success in like the 70s and 80s so they they were like my local team when i first started supporting a club it was they, i'd go and watch hereford they were hereford united at that point and they've got loads and loads of brilliant and weird traditions um that i'll tell you about in a minute but um yeah and and, and so i started watching football um watching hereford and i turned around to my dad one day and i said dad Hereford are rubbish. Like, can I support a team who are good who wear black and white stripes because they wear the same kit, basically, as Newcastle? And um, it was the year that Newcastle just happened to be doing quite well. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to jump on that wagon. And, um, and that's, that's where that came from. But then, yeah, over time, I've just, I just always enjoy, whenever I go and watch football, wh wherever it is, I'm, I'm quite happy to basically go and watch any level of football. But I'm always quite intrigued to see what's going on with the mascot mm. who is the mascot is it a bear is it a lion is it a frog uh, what, <laughs> what's going on there because i'm also quite fascinated about the people that go in football get dressed up you know on a on a, on a saturday morning they yeah. walk into the kit room at the local football club and they they put on a giant devil's head and they, they walk out there and they entertain the fans for a few hours and then you know the humans beneath the mask the humans beneath the mask, yeah. exactly, exactly. I don't know. I'd, I'd love. I don't know any football mascots in real life, and I kind of like it that way. They're a little bit mysterious to me, um, but um, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I just love. I love. You know, I, I think it's. I like the silliness. I think sometimes football. There's so much like money and sort of and bickering and serious Politics. like punditry around football. Sometimes I just like to go. Ah, oh, that club's 
got a pirate as a mascot. <laughs> it just feels a bit. It just reminds you that sport is entertainment and a bit fun, basically. Yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, what do you think makes a good mascot, and and also maybe what makes a bad mascot? Oh, that's a good one. Um, mm. Bad mascot sometimes I would say is the ones that go for a, they're a bit obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like most clubs will have some kind of nickname. So, for example, Newcastle United. They're called the Magpies because they play in black and white. And okay. so our mascot is a magpie. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not dissing him. I, I like Monty. I've got nothing <laughs> against him. But it just feels a bit uninventive to me. Um, I like the fact I, he's called Monty, though. Nice yeah, Monty. there. One thing that does annoy me is that basically all football club mascots are all male as well. Um, uh, whereas I don't, point. I just think, come on. We've moved a little bit further beyond that, um, which because they're always they've always got a male, they're always like you know, Ted the bear or whatever, and so I just mm. yeah that that does annoy me. But a good mascot, I think a, a good mascot has to bring the energy. I think mm-hmm. they've got to be out there firing t-shirts into the crowd. Um, I think that they should be there taking selfies. I think they should have a lot of Instagram followers. Um, <laughs> wow. I, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, um, I, think, I think a good mascot should just be like something that's just... Basically, a good mascot is something that takes your mind off the um, the endless agony of football for 15 minutes at half time when they're wandering <laughs> around the pitch to um, make some light entertainment i think that that's what a good mascot is and and i think a lot of the time um i don't mind the mascots that are quite literal so as i was saying the the sort of magpie for newcastle you know the that's their nickname so their their mascot is a, is a magpie but obviously you have some clubs uh nicknames are not you, you couldn't create them as mascots so you know mm-hmm somebody like Sheffield United they're the blades you know so that they would they would need Struggle. to be a little bit more imaginative so yep. I think I think the more imaginative the the better with um with mascots like for example during my research for this I discovered that Southend United have a mascot um and it's an eel because the, of the sort of jelly and eels connection of, of Southend and Essex mm-hmm. but they've decided to style this eel in the um in the form of Elvis so this eel <laughs> is called Elvis J Eel, um, and so um, yeah, I like that. I just like that. That's he's actually a he's actually of one of two mascots on Southend have. Is he? They Who they also they have a mascot called Sammy the Shrimp. Sammy the Shrimp, yeah. brilliant. Because yeah. why not? Yeah. An, an eel that looks like Elvis and a shrimp. Mm. Why not? Yeah, and some 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 clubs get greedy, don't they? And they do mm. have more than one. I think mm. for me, Hello, it's Manchester one mascot City. Limit, really. <laughs> Is Manchester City still an alien? Uh, yeah, it's um, Moomin, is it? Is it Moomin or yeah. Moonbeam and Moonchester? Yeah, it looks like something off like a NAF insurance advert, doesn't it's it? It's just, they're just the worst. Yeah, we can all agree yeah. now in the podcast, they're the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I, I like, um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 for pure kind of um, jollity, you know, when you look at a picture of a mascot, I think it should just should make you smile. I like... Mm. Um, I like Pilgrim Pete, who's very famous down at yep. Plymouth Argyle. These are sort of, these aren't in my top three. They're, they're more just sort of like my honourable shout outs. The, bu- the bubbling unders, yeah. as we like to That's call it. The bubbling unders, the exactly. Unders. Yeah. I quite like Billy the Badger at Fulham. I've had I've had great encounters with Billy. Yeah. Um, good nights out, you know, that kind of thing. He's a classic um, lad. He's a classic lad. Surely you enjoy, you know, Greg has been many times in the past, well, many times, maybe twice, 
when uh, <laughs> when myself and a mutual friend of ours, Sam Core, would go to see mm. Barnet play, yeah, yeah. and they have the incredible mascot, Mr. Bumble. That's right, yeah. Who's yeah, a, Mr. Bumble, well, the guy who's on dating nice, apps. Or yeah, he's yeah, he's just there swiping left the whole time. <laughs> no, he's a bumblebee, Remfrey. Oh, Bumble, I the see. Bumblebee. I see. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about literal translations not translations literal interpretations of mm. so you know it's interesting with arsenal obviously their nickname is well i mean one of their more positive nicknames is the gunners so <laughs> obviously they couldn't just you know have a cannon or whatever so i like that mm. they went okay let's have a think gunners gunnosaurus gunnosaurus yeah. <laughs> let's go for a dinosaur for no reason whatsoever we'll do that yeah. and I'm, they tried to but, fire him what are they oh i know i know yeah. i mean yeah he's been caught up in so mascots obviously tend to get caught up in sort of um controversy sometimes mm. don't they mm, yeah um this was when like basically they tried arsenal tried to put gunnosaurus on furlough yeah and um <laughs> and there was absolute outrage um yeah. i just that's a really sad thought isn't it that just gunnosaurus at home just, like you like, had urzel really on five hundred thousand a week or whatever and gunnosaurus who brings joy to so many people had to <laughs> had to had to take that long walk down memory lane for yeah for well, well a couple of years ago we, a, a friend of ours we, we sort of babysat a season ticket at arsenal for uh it was the season that ended when the pandemic kind of cut in and stopped the football and um it was i mean it was highly entertaining going to watch arsenal for six months albeit not for like good footballing reasons just very eventful but the most consistent performer each week was Gunnosaurus <laughs> for me because at, at half time Gunnosaurus would come out and uh, does this thing where they they do like a penalty shootout with um three like young people that have been pulled out mm -hmm. of the crowd mm -hmm. and um Gunnosaurus is just brilliant I just yeah he was often the best thing about visiting the Emirates um so yeah I've got a real real soft spot for for Gunnosaurus it's not just uh, costume and the idea of the mascot itself that we're looking at here. Then mm. it's also performance. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Although, I, although I've got to admit that I haven't actually seen the top three in. I've never been in a ground experiencing them in person, so okay. I'd have to. I'd have to imagine that really. Well, um, well there's footage though. I mean, yeah, exactly. A few bits of footage. So I think. I think yeah, that's fair and and I think going back to that point of sort of. Um, loving the quirks and like oddities around football and sport in general as much as the actual sporting action like the team that i support hereford fc just have more than their fair share of of, of oddness so i don't know if you've ever visited there but hereford's a sort of uh it's a it's a country town it's a city but it's this kind of it's it's out in the sticks as some people would like refer to it and um They've just got some funny traditions that go back years that re often relate to like the kind of farming community that is local there. And um, so when I would first start going to watch Hereford play, when they were playing in the FA Cup, they would have a couple of different sort of strange little traditions. One of which was that um, their nickname is the Bulls uh, because of the Hereford Bull. And they would physically wheel in a, a real life bull, Hereford Bull, and parade the bull wow. around the outside of the... Um, the pitch before the game would kick off and um people would obviously cheer cheer the ball that was nice um and also there was a weird one that i often when i tell people about i have to go and find it on the internet because i often sort of think to myself have i just made this up because it seems so surreal but they used to do this thing where um before kickoff in an fa cup tie they would get a group of supporters and they would come on the pitch and they would put a knobbly old swede on the 
centre circle. The vegetable, and support... not the uh, nationality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the vegetable. <laughs> and those, between them, those supporters would run down the pitch, like kicking the Swede, because obviously, because of its irregular size, would just sort of like, you know, go all over the place. And um, eventually they would kick it in the goal, and then all of the supporters that were already there would just absolutely erupt. And... Um, is this what it you sent us footage of? And that's what I sent you. And you're claiming you this is a city. of a group of people <laughs> kicking Hereford's a Swede. definitely down. a city, is it, Greg? A real city <laughs> with, with real buildings and real, stuff? Yeah? Yes, okay, yes, it okay, is. Okay, cool. And um, yeah, I sent you some footage of it. It's on YouTube, so people can, so listeners can find it. it is, I have um, to say, I was group, very bemused. It's, it's <laughs> very odd. Yeah, exactly. You were like, what on earth has he sent me? There's, a, there's yeah. And there's a mascot in the background there, which looks, I don't know, we were playing Leicester City in that particular example. and But it, this person looked like a sort of um, like a old-fashioned clown or something with a big top hat and yeah. braces, and and I was like, that's nothing to do with Hereford, and I'm pretty sure it's nothing to do with um, Leicester. <laughs> so I don't. It's just some random mascot on the pitch. So that's strange, but I do. That's the kind of thing that I love, and those are the, the oddly almost. I, I remember more vividly a group of people kicking a vegetable into the goal than I do the actual action on the day. I like the idea that there is this world out there where mm. mascots and other people that dress up for a living just kind of hang out. So maybe, yeah. you know, Lester's Fox has decided to bring along Krusty the Clown just to come and watch a game of football because <laughs> they were going to the pub or something afterwards. Mm. I like that. Yeah. It's like an expanded Marvel universe for like <laughs> dress up. Yeah, I wonder if there's a big WhatsApp group or like a Facebook group where they all where they're all like unionized on there just being like you know there's got if any if anyone here knows anyone that's listening to this pod has knows a pod knows a mascot or anyone associated Mm. please tell us if they have a whatsapp group because i would i would love that fred Fred the red whatsapping crusty the pie from wigan or whatever what a great job to be fred the red though like i mean fred the red gets paid um, I hope handsomely to go on the pitch and basically just like make faces at Paul Pogba and soon to be Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, uh, uh, and that's, that's, that's a lot of fun, isn't it? Even so if you work in an office during the week, if you got to go and do that at the oh. weekend, that'd be brilliant. Oh, it's a dream. It's a dream. So is, is that your pitch? To be, do you want to be the next? Actually, how often, this is the thing also, you never know how often the, the the person underneath the the uh the mascot is changing like do they you know do they do you get one season and they say like you know th- at the end of the season like how was your how was your performance you know what were you like <laughs> were, were, were you energetic enough to do, do enough comedy forward roles at half time did you um you know did you did you jeer enough at the opposition supporters is it a proper you job know? that's what i want to know because if it is i'm in I'm in. I think it, w- as in like a paid contracted job. As in like Surely this is your is. job. You wake up in the morning, you have your breakfast, you say good morning to your partner and say goodbye to your children. You go to yeah. work, sit at your desk, put on a devil costume, yeah. <laughs> go onto the and pitch you, and have fun. Yeah, yeah, you you t- yeah exactly. Yeah. And I, I do like to think that somewhere there is somebody, man or woman, in Stoke, who has opens their cupboard on a Saturday morning and there is a giant hippopotamus's <laughs> head that they then put on and go to work. And I um I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's move on to your first choice then for top three favourite mm. mascots. What have you gone for for your first choice, Greg? Right. So in at number three is Colin the Combi. <laughs> <laughs> who is associated with the football club West Brom. Um, and Colin the Combi is, was a boiler. <laughs> so <laughs> basically uh, got nicknamed uh, 
Well, Colin the Combi was a, his official title, but he, he got nicknamed Boiler Man by the by the people that were reacting to him on social media afterwards. But basically, Colin the Combi turned up at Wasp Brom at the Hawthorns, their first game of the season in 2018, and they were playing in the championship at that point. And um, basically, it was wrapped into some kind of sponsorship deal that they'd done with a local boiler company, who'd obviously <laughs> said, well, you know, throw in the mascot and you've got a deal and so they said right okay we'll we'll design you know this this season's mascot can be a boiler and so it's literally a boiler on legs um yeah i mean it literally is if anyone is going to google it it sounds like maybe it's like sophisticated like he has a boiler head and and the body of a person it's literally a boiler with legs yeah, yeah. It's got you know with his jewel settings, you know, just <laughs> just a plain old white boiler, you know, great. And it's um, the idea of like agreeing to like basically that meeting where they were probably talking about the sponsorship. I think, oh no, that probably was really naff. But in the end, it did the trick because it was an idea that was so naff that it became like a viral hit. And um, I imagine Ideal Boilers. Um, don't know if they are local to West Brom area. They might they might actually be a, be national or international to my knowledge don't have a great great um education on boilers but um (laughs) the amount of coverage that that stuff got from kind of you know internet parodies and everything that Mm. basically west brom's mascot was a boiler um got them some infinite amount of press on that day so congratulations to them so it kind of went like would it be um over the top say that it went viral oh it definitely did yeah in in like a very like kind of gentle um gentle in in highly it was mocked (laughs) yes yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. um yeah a, a lot um but also because i just think people just found it so funny um so I liked Colin the Combi and it just made me think, well, maybe with them, it, uh, to be honest, I don't think they've really pushed on from that point uh, in terms of like these hybrid sponsorship deals, because I would like to see more household appliances appear as football mascots. 100%. 100%. Um, I want to see... Wally the washing machine. Michael the microwave. Totally, man. I don't know. Tamara the toaster. <laughs> totally. don't know. Tumble dryer. Aircon units. Yes. yes. How 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 functional can we go? Yeah. A boiler yeah. a boiler's pretty functional, isn't it? They it really is. did kind they maxed out with that it one. It also feels and this is, you know, I'm a lad born in Manchester, a boy it also just a mascot as a boiler feels northern. It just feels like <laughs> a northern thing that would happen. You know? It does. Like yeah. Having family and, and connections up there when you do go see kind of more local teams, not some of the larger Premier League clubs, mm-hmm. you do often see a lot of sponsors that are local taxi companies or local carpet shops or mm. you know sofa sales kind of places so the fact mm. that the sponsorship is a is a boiler warehouse is is absolutely perfect i mean they so the baggies as they're known west brom mm. so their main normal mascot was baggy the bird i think yeah. is that right looks like a sort of a uh, hawk yeah. almost, right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this was a sort of some of these some of my selections were, are are kind of like one time deal type things that the, the, the because I think they're special and that's why I selected them. But it also brings up the question of sort of um, where do mascots go? Like, you know, what is Colin the Combi like sitting unloved in like a, in, a, in a cupboard somewhere at the Hawthorns? Like where? Where's Colin? Hashtag where's Colin? Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag where's Colin? Yeah, do they move? Like, does the boiler company decide, do you know what, West Brom was a bit too glamorous. I think we'll mm. go and sponsor 
barnet and then all of mm. a sudden you have a barnet boiler yeah exactly exactly and i've been to wembley stadium and done the tour and i think that it's a real miss that there isn't an entire room dedicated to um, 100%. the great great uk football club mascots um i think there should be a museum for that 100 percent. there should be a museum that would be a really cool museum even even as a non-football fan i'd go to that that sounds great yeah and at the end there should be an opportunity for you to dress up as your favorite one <laughs> I think that would be good. Yeah. yeah. But probably not, you know, in this post COVID world, but before no, then true. for sure. Like Yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, yeah, that the thought of getting into a, a Colin the Combi that many many people might have worn before is <laughs> yeah, maybe off putting now. But I think uh, I think you're right. Like, you know, and I I know your your I think maybe your other two picks are also this sort of thing where the mascot is odd and mm. is is more like it's a thing rather than a character that's a person yeah. or based on an animal like mm. the thought process that goes behind that i mean this one i guess is slightly more logical <laughs> i guess in the sense of a boiler company has sponsored the football team mm. and like you say i almost 100 percent believe that conversation happened where they went we'll throw in the mascot <laughs> <laughs> and we'll take off 200 quid a week deal yeah, uh totally. but, but i love those mascots that are things you know like mm. n maybe not even gunosaurus because that's a you know a character but you know i remember well i don't know if west ham's mascot is still hammerhead yes it I is think it is, is think it really so. wow so yeah hammerhead is he looks like a transformer had sex with a toolbox and <laughs> produced this produce this 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 muscular child mm. uh but mascots that are things are just amazing. Like, where mm. does the thought, where, how does it start? And they're like, is it, do you think because there's less pressure on a mascot, it's just supposed to be a bit of fun? So you can be a bit silly and it doesn't really matter. Or maybe it's because you can just change a mascot. It doesn't really matter. You can, if, it, if that one doesn't work, you just pull that one back and stick a, an elephant or something the next week and no one will kind of question. Yeah, I don't know. Is there like a sort of league table for... I don't even know. Is there like a, a fancy league table for mascots? And like, and if, and if there should you know, be, who's, there probably should be, shouldn't they? Because I guess somebody like uh, the aforementioned Fred the Red of Manchester United, Hell. like you, they couldn't really. Is that too iconic to ever change? Do you think is Fred is Fred woven into the fabric of that football club? Well, yeah, I mean he's on the badge, you know, and I think yeah. you know you're talking. That's a real connection there between the nickname of the club, the badge of the club, you know, it's it's very, very iconic. And everybody, I'm a Man United supporter, and every United supporter adores Fred the Red. Mm. Um, it's just, just a, a real great example of a real connection with kind of a fan base and a bloke dressed as a Red, de a red Devil. <laughs> but you're right, it's, it's fun. Like, I think, you know, you go and watch games and, you know, often... They can be quite turgid affairs or, you know, you don't always get the result you want, but there's always going to mm. be the mascot. There's always going to yeah. be that bloke dressed as a boiler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen, um, I quite like it when mascots overstep the mark. Yeah. And they, um, so for example, a team scores and then the mascot like appears in the celebrations. Um, overstepping the mark, not 
I think some people would think that's overstepping the mark. I'm I fully encourage that. You know, totally. I think I think that you know whatever their goal celebration, you know, say it's Neymar or somebody, and they're celebrating a big goal in the Champions League final. I think that mascot should run in and should appear on TV with him as he's celebrating. Pile on. Um, yeah, totally. I don't know. Is this? <laughs> it's not. I know mascots aren't like a uniquely British thing, but I don't. Are they? Are they? Do you know if they're in Europe? Like I know that they're in South America and like North America is a they have oh, mascots yeah. with like they're NFL in Europe. And stuff. One of my favorites. <laughs> one of my favorites in Europe is uh, Real Betis, um, right. which is called um, Palmarin. Okay. Um, which is essentially a palm tree. Right. Oh, like and, it. Yeah, and and there's they they have a palm tree, and he has different hairstyles <laughs> over the years. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's I don't think that. English, obviously, we're English. We take football incredibly seriously, I think. Mm. Um, you know, we analyse and we overanalyze and we're very analytical with everything about our team and other people's teams and league positions and whatever. But we're also English and we do like complete nonsense and silliness mm. as well, which is why I think we embrace everything about the experience of going to a match, you know, whether you're coming mm. on a coach or you're going with your, your dad or your son or or your mum or you're going with a group of friends or you have a season ticket or you're dipping in and out or whatever you know mm. the whole ritual about going to a game and getting a pie and whatever you whatever you're doing <laughs> and having a mascot is so part of that whole process you know yeah. it adds to everything else that about the game and i think i think you're right i think you know our mascots do exist obviously in other countries and i know america they go crazy for mascots but in terms mm. of europe I think we just take football super serious, but also, you know, can see the silliness in it all, which is why we embrace mascots. Definitely. Mm. The, yeah, there's a lot of silliness in my other two. <laughs> two well, yeah. Top two, well, so. should we move on to your number two? <laughs> yeah, let's move on to your number yeah. two. Okay, so number two is Kingsley hmm. of Partick Thistle fame. <laughs> so this one dates back to 2015, and this is when the. Uh, renowned artist David Shrigley designed the mascot for the team that he supports, which is uh, Glasgow Partick Thistle. And um, I don't know if this was in the brief when they unveiled the mos- the mascot, but um, he basically he said that it represented the angst of being a football fan. Um, and as we know, um, angst is not necessarily that pretty, and nor is this mascot because <laughs> it's a sort of giant yellow splodge with a face uh sort of a face uh it's quite disturbing um and it was described by some people on social media at the time as um lisa simpson on meth Mm. uh, i mean that's accurate that is very accurate yeah and as an evil pokemon made real um some of the people (laughs) were saying about it um and i think quite unfairly the reason i picked this was because one Matt, to go to your point about the fact that we love silliness and complete nonsense, this literally just that this encapsulates that just perfectly for me. The fact that you know, Partick asked David Trigley to to make this mascot. He, you know, he was like, "Here you go." <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, you, you're inviting. You know, you really are inviting that, aren't you? If you're going to ask somebody like David Trigley to sort of to 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 do your mascot, like, and, and he turned up with that, and it yeah. looks like a kind of it reminds me of there's a Simpsons episode where. Uh, they, I won't go into the backstory of it, but basically Homer Simpson's asked to design a car and right. he, he draws a car on a piece of paper and he gives it to the, the, the manufacturers and they go ahead and make it and then they unveil it and it's obviously like a piece of shit because Homer Simpson, <laughs> you 
you know, can't design for anything. He has no idea what, you know, and I like the idea that David Shrigley, the wonderful David Shrigley, who my wife especially adores mm. um, and, and is incredibly funny and, and, and smart and wonderful, um, handed this this drawing of a evil <laughs> drug addicted star to these these like costume designers and yeah. was like i won't do the accent go and make this or this is yeah. it and they must have gone we were thinking more like a bird or a cat or no no it's this it's a drug addicted star with an angry <laughs> squinty face and you need to go and make it yeah yeah love yeah. it and it it was branded as the mascot that nobody loves um, oh, because of just how ugly it was. But that's the reason that it had to go in at number two and be in my top three because I wanted to give uh, Kingsley a little bit of love, basically. Um, hey. Yeah, so I felt like I had to adopt Kingsley for the purpose of this podcast. Um, I think I, Lisa, Lisa Simpson on meth is a pretty <laughs> apt descriptor. I, it almost looks like a Mr. Man on meth as well. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. Which one. It's so completely out of... The reason why it's brilliant is because... Um, it's just not like any other the sort of mascots generally are a bit cuddly and a bit kind of, you know, sort of they're supposed to be a bit friendly and everything else. And this thing is so <laughs> austere that like if you encountered it in an alleyway, you would literally like sprint away from it. Yeah. Um, and um, I thought I thought it was great. I thought it was really funny the way that um, David Trigley kind of the interviews that he he did about. The, the unveiling of Kingsley and also got a lot of stick from other mascots. So again, there was a bit of a sort of internet reaction to this where other football mascots were sort of, um, po- you know, posting like a photo of themselves, like running away from, <laughs> from Kingsley <laughs> and things like that being, you know, m- m- mocking up, fo- getting their Photoshop skills out and being like scared of Kingsley. Mm. Um, and like even the guard, the guardian um, art critic reviewed it as if it was like a, the <laughs> unveiling of a new exhibition or something. <laughs> Um, so I just love that it kind of was just it's just silly and uh, silly and scary and just sent up the whole idea of like the conventional wisdom around a football mascot being this sort of you know, typical view of a sort of slightly cuddly animal or whatever. Wickers Kingsley, yeah, is um, absolutely petrifying. Yeah, it, it got, I mean, it got a lot of coverage, a lot of press, mm. um, you know, which is funny, interesting for like a football mascot for a small sorry any particular fans small football club mm. um i mean it was everywhere like literally everywhere the front page of the guardian front page of it was everywhere yeah and i think you're right i think what's wonderful about this is that just like we've been saying that david trigley has embraced both the seriousness and the silliness that everyone has when they support football Mm. it is angst it, it is awful support supporting a team i mean i'm a man united supporter so i've had you know recent ish joy uh mm. you know so i can't complain but you know if it's it's tough supporting football and you have to find things funny you've got to find the own goals and you know when a bird poos on a player and mm. you know the ball boys <laughs> giving shit to the opposing you've got to find mm. that stuff funny and and the less success that you're teams have the more you have to embrace that yeah. stuff yeah and yeah, you, totally. you got and like 95 percent of football supporters like have to embrace the fact that there is never you're gonna have a you're gonna finish 10th <laughs> yeah so you better find some joy in the mascot <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah so he's so kingsley's still 
So he's the mascot. He's. I know you said it was 2014, mm. was it, or 15 or something? Uh, yeah, so he got unveiled in 2015, yeah. Right, yeah. but he's still their mascot. They haven't had a backlash against him and they've just gone... Let's just have a flower or a, a thistle. A thistle. Or, <laughs> um, I don't know actually. I don't know if Kingsley's is still. Um, I I hope he is. I mm. hope he is. I don't know if he's still there, but um, he should be right. They should have gone back um, to the old school where, when mascots first started, I read that it they were just blokes. They were just like right. you know, John, and it was just a very smartly dressed gentleman with a top right. hat, you know, and he'd be like, "I'm John. I'm the mascot of the football club," you know, right. whatever. Um, and I like, yeah, maybe they'd go back and just have a bloke called Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing out thistles. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I hope like not. Patrick I hope, Bateman. I, yeah, or Patrick Bateman. Yeah, equally, mm. equally good. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I hope Kinsley's still there because I think from your list and from the list of, you know, after looking into research of, of many ludicrous, uh, I mean, ludicrous um, uh, mascots, including... I had a look, Hangus, Hangus the monkey, which is Hartlepool. Oh, yeah. Krusty the pie, a genuine pie, which is Wigan. Um, <laughs> there is uh, Peterborough's mascot was um, a rabbit called Peter Burrow. See what they did there? God. Peter oh, Burrow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, like you go further back, you get these, these just, they're just blokes. It's just a yeah. bloke called John, and he's their mascot. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I'm surprised more, um, given the amount of coverage that the David Trigley Kingsley unveiling created, I'm surprised more clubs haven't gone out there to just sort of try and generate sort of press and media off the back of getting famous artists to do stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be the first example, surely. The first and mm. only example of someone with any real class that has, has any had any association with a mascot at all mm. on any you know like you say most of the time it's a sponsor that gets a deal under the table or mm. it's someone taking you know the nickname you know like the seagulls or the terriers or whatever and, mm. and using that animal as the as the mascot kind of idea this mm. has got to be the only time that anyone with any real class has got any association with designing or creating the idea of a mascot, right? I mean, yeah, I'd like to see Jeff Coons do something. <laughs> I think that would be that'd be appropriately weird. Um, yeah, or any let's just lay down the challenge. Any other living artists right now with an interest in football, like get involved and you know put your services forward to create your local football team's mascot. Yeah, absolutely. I expect an Anthony Gormley any day now yes uh, <laughs> um shall we move on to your rather brilliant last uh pick for your top yes. three favorite mascots so my number one is mr testicles um so <laughs> mr testicles dates back to the sort of mid noughties i think and i maybe this is slightly cheating a little bit but basically i think mr testicles who for listeners just to describe um is a giant walking pair of testicles with an incredibly cheery expression on his face it must have very cheery said. so happy very, very he's so happy with his balls delighted absolutely he's delighted. never been kicked in his life has he right. no no and if you search for mr testicles online there are all sorts of photos of um uh mr testicles mr testicles walking like around the outside of the pitch mr testicles on the pitch like kicking a ball in the goal and stuff and just it's it's great it's great entertainment um for, for whatever reason i associate him with everton because i think basically he 
Mr. Testicles was. <laughs> How many times can I say his name on this podcast? Um, as much as you like. I think Testicles is okay. Yeah, it? just Testicles. Mr. Yeah. T. Mr. T. Yeah. yeah. I think so. It was basically associated with a um, testicular cancer campaign and charity. And so he would actually appear at different football clubs. But for whatever reason, I think Everton invited him back quite a few times and so like when you search for photos online of him he's always at goodison park so maybe it's just maybe he's just a fan of jordan pickford maybe it's exactly maybe he is um he, he he seems to always be at everton anyway in, in, in everything that i could find about him on youtube and everything else um but i, I the internet tells me that he possibly did tour other football grounds as well and the reasons that I love Mr. Tesco's one is his name, Mr. Tesco's. Uh, <laughs> it's the greatest name <laughs> that anybody could choose for a mascot. Absolutely. Um, Mr. Tesco's. Mr. Tesco's. A nice and simple, exactly, we talked about our love of literal interpretation. And it genuinely <laughs> is. If anyone is listening to this, just push pause on the podcast. Go and look into, you know, obviously with a parental lock if you're too too young, mm. look for Mr. Testicles. And it is just an old, saggy pair of balls with a happy, sm- smiley face on it. Absolutely. And uh, the expression of just sheer delight on his face <laughs> is just, it's infectious, honestly, it really is. Um, and then I suppose the third one is sort of a, a serious point. Is I love the intention of it. Like, mm. I mean, mm. to raise awareness around testicular cancer is, is brilliant. And I think like in that way, like really imaginative, we talked about how mascots are sort of integral to the sort of fabric of football clubs and the culture of you know, British football, international football. And so to to sort of market that in that way and sort of deliver an important message is just brilliant. Um, and also like notoriously difficult to get any kind of messages about health and wellness through to, to men. And like certainly like without kind of broad brushing football fans in general, just the sort of men of a certain age with a certain stubborn view on masculinity, uh, you know, the fact that... Um, that Mr. Tescals was there reminding them to get themselves checked is 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 brilliant. I, I think that's my favourite thing about Mr. Tescals yeah. because you know, yes, it is yeah. funny, but that humour is the best way to get that message across. I mean, <laughs> testicle <laughs> testicular cancer. That oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but just because of the region of the body, there's mm. always going to be a slight giggle when you bring it up. But mm. I think actually acknowledging that and um and running with it is actually a, a good way to kind of go it's okay to laugh at this but there mm. is a serious underside to it as well do you know a hundred percent and there's yeah. no way that if you did not go and watch everton to southampton two in november 20, 20 you know 2007 you went to the pub afterwards with your mates and you were like good game but did you see Mr. Tesco's? He was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> like, there's, it's just something about it, just so memorable that um, that I love. And um, I, I wish I haven't seen Mr. Tesco's in a few years. Um, not that we were like meeting up regularly. That makes it sound like <laughs> he's left. He's, <laughs> he's left your WhatsApp group. Mr. Testicles has left has, the WhatsApp group. Yeah, and also the the again the internet doesn't have a great record of his whereabouts. Um, so I, I don't I don't know where Mr. Testicles is now, um, but yeah, he he was devised by a sort of um, testicular um, cancer awareness group or charity, and that's that's that was the origins from it. But I think other testicle mascots have it appears that they have popped up in other places, like in South America. There was like a big story about a pair of testicles as a mascot uh, in Brazil, like only a few years ago. So I I feel like surely called Mr. Cajones. 
it just got huge influence like maybe people yeah. didn't know that you know mr Teskels was the first but like many years later people are sort of you know he's like that niche album that that people have just copied you know they're taking the sound the blueprint and they're, they've, they've made it more famous are you saying mr testicles is the beatles basically yeah, the, the, <laughs> beatles he's the beatles of mascots 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah and i would stand by that that's um, why he's number one exactly that's why he's number one i love him and he just he brings i just i yeah i think it's great fun but i mean yeah without being the sort of um yeah, without without bringing too much seriousness to it, like even if one person in that crowd, like forty thousand people, like when they yeah. got themselves checked, and you know, you know, maybe maybe Mr. Tesco will save a life, and like, yeah. and, and and to be honest, you, that's more than most f- mascots can say. So, um, so that's why I love him. But that's genuinely true, though, isn't mm. it? And that's an amazing thing to get that out of um, something which could be dismissed as silly and mm. unnecessary mm. um and that actually just shows why it's actually very very necessary to have that sort of thing i think that's what i really like about it so much mm. and, and the fact that as you say his smile is so infectious <laughs> and he's a big bag of testicles you know, yeah great. and and as we speak here it is deadline day uh transfer deadline day and i believe mr testicles is a free agent so if anybody wants to oh. sign him up like there we go manchester got... manchester city you need a new one <laughs> I'm not sure they've got the money. No, they might not have the money. Yeah. They might hire him as a mascot for me just to get me up in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. What does, like, (laughs) make me breakfast? Like, I like the idea, like, how does he, is there a Mrs. Testicles? Does he have, (laughs) does he, does, do they produce small baby testicles? Or is it just, does he just literally live in a world of one? where like a, a weird morphing of a pair of balls has turned into a <laughs> human mascot type character. That's what I mm. want to know. That's that's the level that's the level I'm at, Greg. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. You're going to have to leave that with me. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research. <laughs> Get back to me. Get back to Don't me. Don't have that knowledge yeah. at hand right Let's now. Let's find that WhatsApp group. Yeah, exactly. You're seeing a lot of potential to open up the testicle cinematic universe effectively mm, absolutely and, uh, i'm also seeing a lot of potential for the, like a sort of spin-off podcast where like in the way that there are loads of podcasts that talk about you know uh do you remember this movie or like let's go and speak to this band that haven't done anything in 10 15 years like i mean podcast about mascots episode one mr testicles what was it like you know yeah just yeah and p- podcast two speaking to kingsley <laughs> how yeah. did you find the fuss about your launch etc <laughs> etc et how do you feel like dressing up as lisa simpson on meth what's going exactly. on <laughs> yeah and what do you do at, you know yeah it, whilst you yeah exactly i think um so many so many questions i feel like maybe that's maybe that's more of a sort of true crime thing you know thing we yeah go, because then you could dive. also go into the whole area of mascots badly behaved mascots which mm. is a whole other area yes kind of that always seems to get quite a lot of press as well similar to kingsley mm. Yeah. Um, you know, so you had two instances that I remember quite distinctly because they're quite recent. One mm. was uh, Harry the Hornet, which was Watford's or is Watford's um, mascot. And I remember they played Crystal Palace and Wilfred Zaha fell over. Right. And uh, I think Harry the Hornet like pretended to dive like while the game was still going on. <laughs> Right. pretended to dive in front of Sam Allardyce who I think he was managing at the time and Sam Allardyce got so angry <laughs> uh, and you know properly called out the um, the mascot but I think there's a bunch like I know Robbie the Bobby who was Barry FC he got sent off because he he swore at 
the referee. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Mascots yeah. can speak? What? Well, no, swear as in, you know, like sticking a finger up or... Uh, oh, goodness you know, me. The hand, gest- like, the hand whoa, gesture just... of... Uh, oh. I know, that's just a tasteless... That's just a horrible... <laughs> Thank goodness this isn't a visual medium. <laughs> yeah. I know that, yeah, some mascots love a ruckus, don't they? And I, I, I'm sure there's numerous examples of rival mascots, you know, having a bit of a face-off. But Mr. Yeah. Testicles, he's got to be so protected. He's got to... <laughs> Good. He's got to be so Mr. careful. Testicles. He's, he must be so sensitive <laughs> with himself. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, Definitely. I can't imagine the pain mm. in <laughs> a swift kick to testicles that large. If if the larger your testicle is, the more pain that you get, that would be an 100%. extraordinary amount of pain. Yeah, mm. that would be a bit. Absolutely, too much. he's a big guy. Shall we move quickly on to recommendation corner? Yes. yes. <laughs> Please. Yes. I can redo that if you want. No, no, no. That's good. That's okay. good. I yeah. always, Greg, I always pay rent free out because he never like leaves a break between the podcast and the recommendation corner because oh, they're okay. two separate things. But he has done that this time by saying the word recommendation really long I'm going to go to me first because I want to talk about my recommendation. Um, So um, I've just finished playing this absolutely brilliant game which won a Grammy actually uh, not too long ago called Her Story. Have either of you heard of this? No. Story? I don't think so. It's effectively a bunch of video clips that tell the story, well, tell the story of this woman who is being interviewed in these um, police interview clips. It's set in sort of 1994 kind of time, mid-90s sort of time, and your computer sort of turns into a desktop from that time when you load the game up, and you need to search for keywords to try and piece this story together out of, I think there's a 300-odd video clips, and it's acted really well, and the story's really fascinating, really keeps you guessing. And it's just a, it's a fantastic sort of detective emulator. Rather than trying to think of questions to ask, you need to try and think of key words that might open up the story to you. And that can become a really difficult game and you have to think outside the box quite a lot not to get too many entries up and all this sort of thing to sift through. So it's just a really fantastic game and anything that can actually make me feel like a real life genuine detective which, you know, I like to think I am, but really I just wake up with whiskey breath most of the time, which is only part of the detective spiel. It's quite a large part. It's quite a large part. It is a large part. It is a large part. But yeah, it really, it's just a fantastic game to put together. And you can you can play it on a laptop. It doesn't require all that much, um, like processing power or anything like that. And yeah, it's about three, four hours, and it's just a fantastic, fantastic game. I can totally see why it um, won a Grammy because it feels like a really big step up in the world of video gaming in general. So it's I quite, it's say. quite a modern, quite a recent game. I think it came out twenty eighteen, if I recall. Okay. Yeah, I believe um, it's really fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know it at all. I'll have to check it out. It's excellent. Nice. Really, really cool. Shall we move over to you, Matthew? Yeah, I'm going to cheat this week. I've got a, a double, a double whammy. Oh, don't like that. Um, my recommendation is the Watchmen television series and oh. the Watchmen albums by 
uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yes. As as a, as a as a conjoined twin of recommendation, like a like a ball of sexy recommendations together. Yes. This um, is a great recommendation. Yeah. I can say. So the series is incredible. Yeah. So this is a it's a TV show created by uh, Damon Lindelof, who was showrunner on um, Lost, but don't hold it against him. Uh, and it's based on the TV, the DC comic series of the same name that were created by the legends Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Um, it's essentially, it's essentially a, a limit is a limited drama series. It was supposed to be a, it was going to be turned into a, a longer series, but because the showrunner Damon Lindelof left, they decided just to keep it to a, um, an, an eight, I think eight episode, um, television so. show. Yeah. Uh, and it stars a bunch of incredible actors, Regina King and Don Johnson and Tim Blake Nelson. Um, and, Yaya Abdul Malin the second who is the new Candyman, and it's just amazing I mean I love the Watchmen comic books I love everything about that writing and I think this show I was very skeptical about it because it was described as a remix of the original series so it's kind of yeah. technically not a sequel um, but it does take place 34 years after the events that happened in the original Watchmen kind of you know took place um but the series kind of focuses on a bunch of events surrounding quite shocking racist violence that happened in this in Tulsa in Oklahoma in 2019 I'll be really brief because I don't want to give too much away because I think it's just a show you should just go and watch because it's amazing it's it's basically there's a white supremacist group called the seventh cavalry and they've taken up arms against the Tulsa police department because of a perceived collection of racial injustices and they've caused the police to have to go to quite extreme lengths and they've started to conceal their identities so they're wearing masks and um, makeup and that I mean that alone makes them look absolutely fucking awesome um, and and then a bunch of stuff happens that I really won't go into because I don't want to ruin anything but they the writers very cleverly use the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre, which I didn't know very much about, which is shocking in itself, um, as the kind of basis to to anchor around this story. So you kind of are in the Watchmen world, but you are also very much in real American history and very much in real American present, especially present in 2018, 2019, um, you know, kind of Trumpism. Um, the television show won everything it won every emmy it's amazing you should totally go and see it you should watch it it's 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 amazing but on top of that the three records that were three records the three soundtrack albums that were created by trent reznor and atticus ross are insane i mean there's a bunch of original music uh, sorry there's a bunch of composed music and a bunch of kind of picked music there's the beatles I'm the Walrus, and there's Rhapsody in Blue by Gershwin, and there's a bunch of, there's some musical, like music from Oklahoma and stuff in it, but mm. like a lot of kind of the Trent and Atticus soundtrack work, the music for this show is insane. I mean, it's cold and it's bleak, it's suffocating, it's crushing, but you also have these stunning piano and growling bass lines that mix together with a whole load of euro beat or even early like um pretty hate machine nine inch nails kind of vibe to them 
um there's a few kind of plinky plonky sorry <laughs> musicians um kind of i guess out of this world kind of soul dance music which you know he then went on to kind of use as a basis of soul the soundtrack to the to the film that he won the oscar for and then at the end of this the, the three album the three soundtrack series there's a track called lincoln tunnel um which has a gospel choir over the top of these crunching guitars and distordant kind of noises and 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 just just tense tension the whole time and it, it's it just ends in this incredible way and i've never seen a television show uh and a, and a and a pieces of music go so well together and um yeah it's my recommendation because it's it's just an incredible piece of art i haven't listened to the soundtrack separately but certainly everything you're saying about the series i can absolutely echo i actually think it's probably the best thing to come out of the watchmen universe including the original comic which i adore it's probably my favorite graphic novel ever i think yeah i think so, yeah i agree i think i think this tv show has a level of importance and weight to it that maybe you know the original one the original book was written in, in the 80s you had a lot of reagan you know post nixon american politics isms to it which doesn't don't, you know don't really relate to me as a person or really to this world but this television yeah. show the things that they talk about and the way that they deal with it are so incredibly well crafted and explained and and put together mm. it's just and honestly yeah i mean regina king is outstanding i mean outstanding she's just yeah. the heart of this show and yeah, I I I've seen it all the way through uh, three times now, and it's it, I I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, brilliant recommendation, Greg. I will move to you for your recommendation corner. <laughs> Do you guys like fishing? <laughs> Love a bit of fishing. Uh, Love a bit yeah. of fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel quite stunned by your recommendation, there, Matt. So articulate. I I, I almost want to just sort of say, I'm not going to bother with this. I'm going to go watch that thing right now. <laughs> the Watchman sounds immense. What? Where? Where is it? Where do I? Where so can I watch it? I should have said. HBO. So it's H. So it's HBO. Um, okay. So, but honestly, just just go buy it. Just go buy it digitally, like you know, mm. from iTunes or you whatever. And it's you know, it's, it'll be like twenty quid or whatever, and it's. Hmm. it's eight hours or nine hours and it's just yeah it's wonderful cool sounds immense i was gonna recommend <laughs> such an uncool recommendation versus both of you <laughs> <laughs> i love bob mortimer oh yeah comedian oh yeah um always have because like i guess i just grew up on 90s comedy um and, and so like he, he's sort of like been a bit of an ever present for me and i've always kind of pretty much loved everything that that he's done um and he's got a new series of mortimer and white house go fishing i don't know if either of you have seen this adore program. it adore it yeah it's wonderful i, lo I mean yeah. yeah i love bob mortimer i love Paul white house and the show is amazing i mean i like uh listen to um bob's podcast um, mm. atletico mints as well so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so this is i think this is series four it's on bbc two it's on a Sunday evening at eight o'clock. Lovely time for some TV watching, I find. Very comforting. Um, and not much happens. And it's obviously, it's Bob Mortimer and it's Paul Whitehouse. The setup is that they're kind of in their twilight years of, of you know, of working. And there's a lot of like reflection and kind of a lot of um, 
philosophical chat about the meaning of life and and relationships and all this kind of stuff and getting older and what it means to be a man and all these sort of these conversations as they go fishing paul whitehouse being a sort of fairly experienced fisherman and bob mortimer being absolutely awful and spends most of (laughs) his time falling over in rivers um and it's i I just love I, i love everything about it i love how gentle it is i find a lot of tv very shouty (laughs) (laughs) and i love how calming it is um just two two blokes out there in beautiful nature having a chat um it only really works there because one the scenery is absolutely stunning uh, so it's a lot of you know it's really pleasurable to watch two the dynamic between the two of them that their their relationship is 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 great and 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 kind of um I do have a favourite. I prefer Bob Mortimer, but they're both great in it. And um, it feels, I know it probably isn't unscripted entirely, but it just feels very, very natural. And I know that like a lot of TV shows have tried to basically emulate that formula of just putting two people together to just see what happens, you know, and and, 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 I, and I get it. And I don't think it always works, but this to me is like, is the best example of when it just works amazingly. And I love it. And they did a Christmas, but the one episode in particular that I would recommend if, if people listening to this haven't seen any of this before, go and watch the Christmas special from 2020. It's, um, it's brutal. It had me in bits. It was just so sort of touching and really funny, but also just like kind of, you know, again, I won't, I won't spoil it, but there's kind of, um, Bob does something very very sweet for Paul and it and it's just quite it's just really it's just nice really nice I just want Bob I want Bob to be my friend more than I would say almost anything in the entire world yeah yeah he's great he's really really great just so warm and um and his his sort of role in it is to fall in rivers mess up catching fish and cook lunch is basically his (laughs) his role in it and um He's great. So basically, that's where you'll find me immersing myself in hours of um, Mortimer and Whitehouse go fishing on the BBC iPlayer. It's beautiful. Like you say, it's so wonderfully shot. It has that sort of Sunday night TV lineage of like Antiques Roadshow or <laughs> what Man and His Dog or just, yeah. I mean, it's just gentle. It's countryside. Mm. It's like no shouting. Well, sometimes Bob, when he falls in. Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally. But like nice shouting. It just yeah. eases you into the week, sets you up, gives you a nice little warm feeling in your tummy. Um, really good. <laughs> awesome. What a great recommendation. I haven't checked that show out yet, but I love Bob Mortimer. So, yeah, I'll absolutely check that out. Um, Greg, thank you so much for coming on this show and giving us your top three favourite football mascots. I've learned an awful lot uh, and it's been a lot of fun to talk to you. Thanks very much for having me. You'll probably see me at a local football ground dressed as Mr. Testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Greg. We can't wait. Our chat with Greg Cochran on his top three favourite football mascots. I need not have worried at all, Hmm. as I found that absolutely riveting, Matt. Yes, yes. Uh, It was a wonderful chat, and I now only want to play football with uh, football mascots. I don't want to play football with actual (laughs) real people anymore. I'm considering becoming one. Well, you should. You should. I think I I could be quite a good mascot. Like, I don't know, the, the hairy lion or I don't know. The cowardly lion. I think a Viking. I think you could be a oh, Viking. Yeah. A marvellous, you know, talismatic Viking. Leading I'd the charge somewhere in Hull or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine a football mascot probably 
probably gets access to a lot of free beer, don't they? Free beer? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Some mascots might be underage and might be getting free Fanta. But yeah, but sure, maybe maybe free beer. If you're a Viking, I mean, definitely, you've got to have a little horn filled with exactly. ale that you could be, yeah. you know, prancing around, giving out free horns or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I give out free horns in my own spare time. You do. If you enjoyed this conversation, we have plenty more coming from this season from the likes of Jamie Lemon, Sophie Kay, Andrew Gross. Might even have a little conversation with my co-host Stephen Hill. On the Stephen, right Hill! Stephen Hill! Yeah. Lots of enthusiasm for that. If you don't want to miss out on any of these conversations, why don't you subscribe? Mm. And you'll get them delivered straight to your listening device every Monday the moment they appear. Easy peasy. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3MagicNumberPod to keep up to date with everything we're doing and send us your top threes. And before we go, we should probably look at some of those top threes. Uh, you have a... What was the word I'm looking for? You have a theme... Uh, appropriate. Yes. You have an appropriate question. Language. You ask people. <laughs> Nail it. Me. Yes, I do. I do. I asked a few weeks ago. I asked. Um, it was. It was actually uh, the day of the Manchester derby, which Manchester United were just shockingly bad and lost. But anyway, forget that. Uh, it was uh, on the day of the derby, and I asked for um, people's top three footballers, any team, any age, any year, any time. And uh, my the first one was was actually from my good lady wife Katie P, who said her three favourite footballers were the fast one, the angry one, and the surprisingly old one. So um, nailed that one. A bit of satire there from from the misses, isn't it? Lovely. Um, Mark Woodyett, lovely Mark, has chosen Paul Scholes, Robin van Persie, and Eric Cantona. A Man United fan there, Uh marvelous. Yeah. Uh, Lil Chef has gone with Messi, Zidane, and Thierry Henry. Magic. Is that the little chef, like the character on the uh, on on the the little chef? Yes, the, the chain. Of, it's the chain of restaurants has come. Oh, up. amazing! No, 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 not really. <laughs> it's good that they listen. No, it's uh, it's it's not. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a uh, someone called Little Chef. Okay. Uh, who else have we got? We have a bunch of Liverpool players that aren't worth reading out. Uh, Andy has chosen <laughs> Oliver Kahn. Hold on, <laughs> I'm seeing some Manchester United bias here, aren't I? No, that's ridiculous. Uh, okay. um, Andy has chosen Oliver Kahn, Miroslav Klose, and Thomas H- Hasler. That's really bad. I apologise. Oh, <laughs> I did both read that out wrong. Lots of. Are you sure podcasting's right for you, Matt? Lots of Cantona. <laughs> quiet down, Viking. Uh, lots of Cantonas <laughs> and skulls, and then some sort of more under the radar picks. We even have one from the very own Mr. Stephen Hill, who has chosen. Oh, of course we do. Paul Walsh, Robert Prosinecki, and Svetslav Todorov. So, They'll probably all be Pompey players. Yes, indeed, they are indeed. Uh, yes, Pompey. Todorov was a was a was a Pompey legend, and I posted back a video of all thirty three of his goals for Portsmouth. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Thank you very much that for everyone contributing to that. It was very fun as it is, and we're um, every Tuesday we're going to do a Tuesday top three, and I'll tweet and we'll post it on Instagram, and uh, we'll read it at the end of each podcast. Who are your top three footballers? Uh, I think I put uh, Eric uh, Eric Cantona and Zidane and Ronaldinho. Oh, the greatest of oh. all, Ronaldinho. I do know those. Yes. Uh, do you want to know mine? Is it me, you, <laughs> and your other podcast, Right Act? 
<laughs> I do actually have a list for this. Uh, it's Totty. Totty right. and Totty. Right. <laughs> you do like Totty. That's true. Because I... <laughs> You are so I always by that. <laughs> my friend used to watch Syria uh, quite a lot, um, and uh, whenever whenever the commentator was like tottering on the ball, <laughs> I just used to find it hilarious. Well, he is, and a, I still do. Well, he was a marvelous player. He he actually was a great player, wasn't he? he was. was he Juventus? Roma. Roma. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic player. Uh, okay, um, yeah. I'm going to stop embarrassing myself. Uh, next week, our guest is Katie Davis from the band Pupil Slicer, who are heavy. Very heavy. <laughs> Very, Very heavy. heavy. Uh, so come and join us for that. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. Uh, an extra special thank you to you, the person listening to this. You, yes, you. I'm speaking directly to you for getting this far into the podcast. You could have pressed stop long ago and you didn't. You're here at the end, and I really appreciate it. That and you, Thanks. and thank you to Matt hey. for being alive. Hey, go me! High five! <laughs> high five! Self, self high five! <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, folks.